sat the dog with eyes as big as teacups, staring at him. You're a handsome fellow, said the soldier, and set him on the witch's apron. Then he took as many copper skillings as his pockets would hold, closed the chest, put the dog back, and went into the second room. Eek! There sat the dog with eyes as big as mill wheels. You shouldn't look at me so hard, said the soldier. You might hurt your eyes. And then he set the dog on the witch's apron, but when he saw all the silver coins inside the chest, he threw away the copper coins he was carrying and filled his pockets and his knapsack with nothing but silver. Next he went into the third chamber. Oh, how hideous. The dog in there really did have eyes as big as round towers, and they were spinning around in his head like wheels. Good evening, said the soldier, and doffed his cap for he had never seen a dog like that before. But after he'd looked at him for a while, he thought to himself, All right, that's enough. And he lifted him onto the floor and opened the chest. Good Lord, there was a lot of gold. Enough to buy all of Copenhagen and every single sugar pig sold by the cakewives and all the tin soldiers, whips and rocking horses in the whole world. Yes, there was certainly plenty of money. So the soldier threw away all the silver coins that filled his pockets and knapsack and took the gold instead. Yes, all his pockets, his knapsack, his cap and his boots were so full that he could hardly walk. Now he had money. He put the dog back on the chest, slammed the door shut and called up through the tree. Hoist me up now, you old witch. Do you have the tinderbox? asked the witch. Oh, that's right said the soldier. I forgot all about it. And he went over and picked it up. The witch hoisted him up, and he once again stood on the road with his pockets, boots, knapsack, and cap full of money. What do you want the tinderbox for? asked the soldier. That's none of your business, said the witch. You've got the money. Now just give me the tinderbox. Pish posh, said the soldier. Tell me right now what you want it for, or I'll pull out my sword and chop off your head. No, said the witch. So the soldier chopped off her head. There she lay. But he wrapped up all his money in her apron, slung it in a bundle over his shoulder, stuffed the tinderbox in his pocket, and headed straight for the city. It was a lovely city, and he went inside the loveliest of inns and demanded the very best rooms and his favourite food, because now he had so much money that he was rich. The servant who was supposed to polish his boots thought they were rather strange old boots for such a rich gentleman to be wearing, but he hadn't yet bought himself new ones. By the next day he had a good pair of boots and fine clothes to wear. The soldier was now a distinguished gentleman, and the people told him about all the splendid things to be found in their city, and about their king, and what a charming princess his daughter was. Where might I catch a glimpse of her? asked the soldier. It's impossible to catch a glimpse of her, they all said. She lives in an enormous copper palace surrounded by dozens of walls and towers. No one but the king dares visit her because it was foretold that she would marry a simple soldier, and that certainly did not please the king. She's someone I'd like to see, thought the soldier, but that wasn't possible. He was now leading a merry life, 
going to the theatre, taking drives in the king's gardens, and giving away a great deal of money to the poor, which was a very nice gesture. No doubt he remembered from the old days how miserable it was not to have even a skilling. He was now rich and wore fine clothes, and had so many friends who all said that he was a pleasant fellow, a real gentleman, and that certainly pleased the soldier. But since he was spending money each day and not taking any in, he finally had no more than two skillings left, and had to move out of the beautiful rooms where he had been living and into a tiny little garret room right under the roof. He had to brush his own boots and mend them with a darning needle, and none of his friends came to see him because there were too many stairs to climb. It was a very dark evening, and he couldn't even afford to buy a candle, but then he remembered there was a little stump of one in the tinderbox he had taken from the hollow tree when the witch had helped him inside. He took out the tinderbox and the candle stump, but the minute he struck fire...